Good morning or good afternoon, depending on where you are in the globe. It is your host, giving you the VIP treatment of their, their stores and coffee shops, Miss Ebony here. I have been out for a little bit, but um, just popping in to check in to let you know I'm still around and just hopefully praying that you all are doing extremely well. Um, things are going well for me. I, you know, really have no complaints and I'm trying not to complain because God has been dealing with me with that for the last couple of years, just even little things. And I'm just learning to just give God all I have, you know, in this season of my life. And I'm praying that you're learning to do that too, as he's healing you and he's delivering you and he's working things out in your favor in your life um, because you love him. You know, the, the word says, you know, when we love God, he makes it work for us, right? All things work together for our good, for those who love the Lord. So um, I had been, there's been always a lot of topics that I think about or I'm talking to God about and he'll be like, yeah, just talk about it on the podcast. We having this conversation, but I already know how you feel. So let the other people know what's going on within you. So, but what the Lord had given me a while ago and I hadn't recorded it because I just didn't feel, I usually don't just get on here to just talk because I just, it's when I have these conversations with God or there's something brewing inside of me and I'm like, wait a minute, I probably should to kind of talk about that. The Lord gave me a revelation about something or I was reading something or I was watching something and then something else dropped in my spirit. That's usually how this works. As you have not seen me or heard me, heard, well, say not seen, you haven't seen me on here, but haven't heard from me in a while. It's because there's there hasn't been anything like really pressing on me to speak about, but also I have been in transition with a few different things. Um, so, but there was something that the Lord had put on my heart a while ago. And I was just like, okay, let me table that for when it's time for me to speak about it. And since I'm doing check-in, it was something regarding unfair advantage. That was what it's called. You know, I would name the topic of this uh, discussion or podcast segment, unfair advantage. And it kind of just had me thinking about when, not necessarily when you watch somebody else get blessed, it's not really that because sometimes that could fall in the line of like comparing your life or kind of coveting um, and you have to be careful with that. But it was almost like when you're somebody who you're not perfect, none of us are, but you felt like you've been walking with the Lord for umpteen years, right? And you're doing what God asked you to do. You're being obedient. You're trying to watch your mouth. You're trying to not you know, do, you know, do people wrong. You're trying to just forgive people. You're really trying to do the thing that God is asking you to do. And then you see other people prosper or, I don't know, get married or have children or, you know, do something and start a business and it flourish and all the business that you felt like God told you to start and you started failed or whatever. And you're the one that you feel like goes to church, you're, you're praying, you're reading your word, you're prophesying, you're doing everything that you felt like God is having you do. And you just keep having to go through this ringer, a cycle. It feels like when you see other people and you're not, you don't have jealousy, but you have a thought like, God, why am I not? Why is it not my time? You know, unfair advantage. It just feels like other people that don't, aren't saved or just got saved, get that blessing and you've been waiting. And also let's add to it that the Lord has been promising you things like, you literally have had heard God say, I got to do this for you. I'm going to do this for you. This is going to happen in your life. Or he gave you a specific, he can't, usually he don't give time frames, but sometimes God does, depending on the type of relationship he gives with you, or he'll tell you, oh, you need to get that out then. You need to push this book. Now you be done by whatever. He did give me a deadline for my book. So I was like, okay, let me hurry up and get, get, to, get from work and write this thing every day. 
until it gets done because there was a deadline and I had to focus and be disciplined. But it's almost like you see other people getting things that God has promised you as well, but it doesn't look like, which we don't always know what's going on behind the scenes. But if you know this person, for instance, it doesn't really look like the the advantage is fair. You know what I'm saying? It feels like, God, I am coming to you. I'm trying not to compare my life. I'm being careful with that. I don't want to be jealous of this person, but how is it that this person has lived with their boyfriend for 10 years, not walking with you anymore? All of a sudden, they get married, they're having children, they're doing this, they're doing that, they're running a business, it's going well, blah, 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 blah. Not that you wish ill will on that, but there are questions that you have sometimes when you're like, Houseway, and I'm still sitting here single, I ain't married, ain't got no children. God's timing is perfect, of course, but I'm not talking about that. We're talking about when you feel like it's an unfair advantage. Your business has failed. <laughs> you think you're praying about it. You see, God, is this something wrong I'm doing? Because obviously this is not where you have me, and I don't know what is going on. But it definitely feels like an unfair advantage. I'll raise my hand to say I have felt that way. Where I'm at now, I don't really feel that way. And maybe it's because God is prospering me in different aspects of my life. And I feel like I'm fulfilled with a job that I love. And, you know, I started a business. I've mentioned it on a podcast prior. Um, I'll put the link in this description on this particular. um, I'll put it in the description on this segment. But it's just like you feel like you've been in a position where, God, what am I going through? Why does it feel like I, I can't just get ahead? It just feels like there's such an unfair advantage with other people around me. And I just don't have what it, what it ha- I'm just not getting where I feel like I need to get to. Let me assure you, it is going to happen. I think going through my own process, I'll just speak from experience. I really believe that sometimes God has you in a place of holding because you're hidden. You have to deal with your own healing and what's going on within your heart and at the bottom of everything I think at the depth of your heart God really knows what's going on with you because there may be part of you that still might feel like when you do come up you want other people that have wronged you to see that I've had to deal with that you know um or you're still dealing with hurts and pain from feeling not good enough for even doing those things so you keep failing because you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you in that aspect of whatever God is asking or promising you, whether it's, you know, a relationship, maybe you still haven't really been healed from your past broken relationship with the male, the man or the woman, if you're uh, a guy listening, hello, that you're with and you're wanting marriage, but God is like, there's still some things deeply rooted in your heart from your last relationship that if I sit your spouse now, it would destroy what I was trying to do differently in your life concerning this relationship and none of us are perfect I've been in past relationships before so but God has had to do a deep work in me and I'm like God I want nothing to carry over there I break every soul tie whatever it is from that relationship my emotions any abuse that I felt like I received or I gave you know help me God to not even portray any negativity towards my future husband based on what I thought I you know whatever I went through with this other person like you have to start breaking those things off of you And God healed me from my daddy issues too, you know, and my mommy issues because mother issues can affect your relationship with your husband too, if you're a woman, you know, because of how you saw your mom deal with relationships with men. You don't want to bring that into your relationship and God sees that at the root of your heart. You may not see it, but he will shine a light on that so he can see this is what I've been trying to heal in you so that you don't take this into that relationship. 
So the unfair advantage may seem like it's good at the surface with us because we only can see so far, but with other people, but what God really knows is what he knows and that he knows what's what's best for that person. Mary, maybe marriage for some people, it doesn't stop promiscuity. I don't want to feel like I'm pushing that narrative because it does not if you're promiscuous and you haven't dealt with the spirit of lust or the demonic you know stuff that goes on within you because of that spirit um that's an issue that would be present in your marriage i i believe if you don't deal with that but i think it's like this maybe i won't use that analogy i think about people that i've known that have had children that were young but i think about what they would do before they had children like you would hear about people that were promiscuous you you, 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 they, they might be your friend and they're telling you all the escapades that they had. Amen. <laughs> and you're like, sis, <laughs> I didn't need to know that, but thanks for telling me. Maybe not, you know? And then eventually they end up having a child. I feel like that's God's way of sometimes slowing people down that kind of while out and they need to just center and refocus on being responsible and they're not married or whatever. But sometimes I feel like God allows that for certain people because otherwise they're just going to completely self-destruct. Like it's the same kind of like, I feel like with marriage, like I've heard of stories and I've seen like videos of women that were like, you know, they had been in prostitution and they had, you know, really gone through a lot. They were either sexually abused as a child and they ended up going through and growing through that process. And then eventually they come to church and get saved and they got married soon after that to someone that has been waiting on the Lord for the longest, they might think that that is such an unfair advantage. You know what I mean? And they go to the same church and they see this girl come in and she's, but you don't know what marriage would do for her. And you don't know at the root of her heart, maybe she never felt like she was good enough because she's been giving her body to men on the go all the time who had no love for her, you know? And now God has blessed her with a spouse who loves her and can show her unconditional love that she deserves, not a perfect husband, but she might've needed that in her season. And then God wanted her to experience what it meant to have a family because maybe before that, when she was in, you know, prostitution or whatever she was doing prior to that, she did not have a sense of family. So God wanted to bless her with that family. Like there's different reasons why, even if we could see something as an unfair advantage, God sees the, the fruit and the purpose in what God, what he does and ordains in somebody else's life. Hopefully I'm making sense to you. So I've, I've also felt like unfair advantage, but I started to really realize, you know what, if that's what that person needs, God bless them. Because at the end of the day, God knows what I need just because I've been waiting on the Lord for 36 years or whatever, or I've been, you know, doing this and doing that. There's still something inside of me that God wants to reveal that I need to heal from so that I can be at my best self when I'm married, when I have children, when I'm running a business, when I'm, you know, running a a ministry or whatever God may call me to, that I'm not dealing with stuff from my past that's really going to hinder me from being the best self that I can be in the season of my event. I'm in, you know what I'm saying? So my encouragement to all of us, even including myself, because we have moments and we have days where we're feeling not good enough or whatever, and we have to deal with that and let the Lord work with us is to just hold on. Let God heal you and ask God, God, if this is not the season for me, help me to focus on what I'm supposed to be focusing on so that I can be ready for that season. And just know anytime that you're going through an, um, I would say, I was about to call it an excavation process, uh, but like a pruning process, it's always for something better. And it's always for the next season. So God is always going to 
take you through a process so that you can be your best self at that season. You can learn, you can grow in that next season when you're ready. Seasons take, every season is, there's going to be something you have to wait for. And I think I remember listening to Joyce Meyer and she said that, how many are waiting for something? And I'm watching the TV like, "Mm -hmm," raising my hand. And she's like, you're going to be waiting for something pretty much all your life. When God is, he's promising you something or he spoke a word over your life or something, you're always going to be waiting. And I believe most prophecies, as somebody who walks and operates in that gift, most prophetic words that people give are are generally conditional. Like God is going to do it. Yes, he's a promise keeper, but it's conditional on what you do. If you obey me, I will do this for you. If you do this. But most times people just think, oh, the prophetic word is just, it is what it is. No, there are there are conditions to that. And I think that's something to be taught. I don't think people really recognize that, but it it takes... Not somebody just speaking a prophetic word over your life, but there is a protocol to you getting the blessing. Like Israelites, prime example, Moses was prophetic. He was speaking what God was saying to them, period, point blank, from the mouth of God himself. But did they receive the promised land? Did they get to enter into it? You tell me. They wandered around in the wilderness for 40 years when it should have been a what, 11 to 12 day journey? So that was conditional. But they were complaining, they were idolizing, they were doing all kinds of stuff. And God was just like, oh my God, I'm speaking to these, my children. And they just keep rebelling against me. Do you think you're going to want to bless a child that constantly disobeys you? There's grace, there's mercy, there's time that God gives, you know, there's time that you'll give your child, you know, some leeway. It was like, okay, let me just see if they're going to do right. Most, some of y'all on here are parents. You tell me. I know we can't speak back to each other on this podcast, but just this, this is kind of sort of a rhetorical question. Like, would you want to continue, would you want to bless a child that keeps dis- disobeying you? And it's hard because it's like, well, God don't have favorites. Sometimes I feel like he favors those who obey him. Yeah, he does. Because why would God bless somebody that's disobedient? Especially if you haven't repented. Like, come on now. That's not how God works. That is not how God works. And sometimes he'll have grace and bless people, even if they might mess it up. You know, we see that in the regards to the prodigal son. He was given his inheritance, his inheritance, asked for it. Daddy gave it to him. He blew it, but God still, his dad in reg- regards to, I feel like that story was about God re- receiving us when we blow stuff and <laughs> we leave him and we come back. His dad received him. So that was grace. That was repentance. That was mercy. He had a lot of mercy for his son, but the other son was cutting up. Like, really? You're going to accept him and throw him a party when he just blew his own inheritance? But that ain't your business though. Mind your business because God could have gave it to you and you could have did the same thing. What made you perfect? And that was a pride of life. So sometimes we're thinking that we have an unfair advantage because of our pride. It's an unfair advantage, excuse me, not we, but the other person It's unfair when we will look at their life because of our pride. And we think that we've been doing all this stuff right. But God is the one that measures. He's the measuring. He uses the measuring stick. It's like, okay, Ebony, have you really been doing what I asked you to do? Because this person is walking with me now. They may seem like they're going through it, but this marriage is what they needed to continue to grow in me. Why are you worried about whether or not I'm sending your spouse? I promised it to you. Don't worry about the time frame. Some of us want to control the time too. We time clicking. We getting 38. We 39. We 40. Okay, Lord. But did Sarah, did Sarah not have a baby when she was like, heck of old? <laughs> I'm just saying, God opens and closes the womb. He created this body. I've talked about what I went through in my body when I was younger up until the age of 30 and some. You have to read the book to understand what I was going through. However, God opens and closes my womb. 
when he opens it, I pray that he opens it when it's time, when my husband comes and all of the things happen. <laughs> and when I'm done having children, he closes it and he determines what that's going to look like. I trust him enough over the doctors. Yeah, I'll go to the doctor. I'll do what I need to do and, you know, make sure I'm taking care of myself and my body. However, I trust what God's promise is. Because sometimes the doctor might tell you, if you're a woman, you get married and all this stuff. Oh, you can't have child, children. You have PCOS or whatever. Do you trust that or did God speak to you? Oh, baby, you're going to have three kids. God said, I'm going to bless you with three children. Don't listen to what the doctor said. Keep reading the word over your belly. Keep blessing your belly. Lay your hands on your belly. Put some holy oil on your belly. Do what you got to do to trust God, even if it took you five years to have that child. Don't go try to do everything on your own. Now, sometimes people do their part and I always say be led by the Holy Spirit concerning children because a lot of women are going through IVF. If you can't have it naturally, if that's what you feel like God is leading you to do, then do so. And you're married. I mean, I can't tell you what to do with your body. I believe I'm going to naturally get pregnant. I don't need to do all that, you know. But if you trust God enough, I feel like he can do it naturally. He can do it through IVF. He could do it. Some people do surrogacy. I mean, it's neither here nor there. You do what you feel led by God to do concerning your children. But I also believe God can naturally open your womb when it's his timing and you're not dwelling on it. You're not thinking about it so much. You're not idolizing the thought of having a child because a lot of people do that. And God is like, I'm not going to, why would I give you a child? And you're idolizing this whole situation. Hannah cried out for her baby Samuel. She did. But the reason why I do believe that God blessed her in the time that he did was because she dedicated that son to him. It probably was an idol to her. That's why she wasn't getting pregnant. I don't know. It didn't really say so much of that in the word. I'll have to go back and retrace my steps and, on that. But maybe Hannah was just a little too into her having a child. And God was like, no, you're bearing because you're putting that ideal before me. You know, or I don't know if in her family lineage there was barrenness and maybe it's just a generational curse that she had to overcome. And she had to press through because of that. I don't know. There's various different reasons why God doesn't allow certain things to happen in the timing that he does. And it could just been that that ideal of her having a child was an idol to her. And a lot of people back then, I mean, people are getting into that idolatry now and it's getting worse. And people just really need to lay that aside and get back to God and Jesus. But back then, think about it. In the Bible days in the Old Testament, idolatry was huge. Marriage probably was an idol, you know, children, livestock, your money, your power, the success, what what meant to success and royalty, all of the things. Egyptian, idolatry all up and through. Now, if you're from Egypt and you're a Christian, I'm not talking about you. I'm just saying, like, when you think about what they would do, their vanity, all of the things, getting their hair, their makeup, their wigs. And when you look up the culture, I don't know why people are so intrigued with Egyptian. I think I had some type of back in the day you know it's intriguing it's a very i don't know it's kind of like a really intriguing culture um which is nothing wrong with the culture itself i don't want to feel like i'm knocking egypt because i think those people are beautiful and i think the sphinx are amazing the things that were created you know but the hand of god was in some aspects of that but a lot of it wasn't because this is man-made man-built when you think about culturally what a lot of them believe it isn't based on the word of God. Some do, and some believe in God, but think about it. Why is all of this, this, this eyes of horse important to people, the pyramids and just the vanity and, and burying people with gold and heck, I don't know, Frankenstein's myrrh, whatever they put in there. Just like think that some of them re believe in reincarnation too. It's just like, no, once you're dead, you're dead. 
this. God said, you come out here in dust, you're going to return to dust. That's Bible. Ain't nobody coming back, boo. When you're in that ground, you're in that ground. Unless you get resuscitated when you're in the morgue and he decides to bring you back, that's it. Case closed, casket closed. You done. Ain't no coming back. Unless you are in Christ, you will get a new body. And that's going to be, not be for umpteen years from now. So all that to say, sorry, I didn't mean to get all on a tangent. And please forgive me if you felt offended. I was not talking about Egypt. I think every country is beautiful. And I think we need to come together more. But I'm just speaking on that culture and the belief system and some of the things that are not of God there. Through idolatry, adultery included. And people get so intrigued with that. They go to Egypt. They want to study it. They want to learn about it. And rise of the phoenix and all this crazy stuff and i'm like you need to rise with jesus because <laughs> as the true and living god he has all power in his hands why y'all over here trying to rise like the phoenix you need to be rising with the lord when he ascended on high after the third day hello <laughs> i'm gonna say after the third day he ascended after he came back and showed himself to people sorry let me clarify that but anyway just know that it's not really an unfair advantage even though it looks like it because we don't know what's going on at the other end of somebody else's life and you yourself have to understand what God is doing in your life during the season. Enjoy it. I won't say, I like to say, be content, but don't be complacent because you don't want to stay in the place that God has you in, in the season when he's telling you to move. So I always say contentment is good because the word talks about contentment is good. It's good for you. You should be content. But I also believe that you should not be complacent with where you are because a lot of people don't move because of fear, because of com being comfortable. And that's not something God wants either. So just check in. Ask God, do I feel like there's an unfair advantage going on around me? Even with Christian artists and Christian people that are coming up and influences and all that stuff. And you felt like the Lord told you to do a YouTube. The Lord told you that. I feel like success is not really numbers as far as like following and all of that stuff. We say that, but we think about it because it matters because numbers matters as far as endorsements and all of the ads and all of the things that you have to do for, you know, social media. But I feel like success is doing the will of God and being obedient because in that you will prosper and God will bless you. And I think that's what we need to get our minds back on. And so if you ask God, is there an unfair advantage that I feel like I is going on around me? Help me to see it the way that you see it. Turn my lens and my gaze to see God, what is really going on at the root of the situation so that I don't see myself comparing my life to this person, being jealous of what they have, wanting what they want, what they have in their season. That's their season to be blessed. Rejoice. We're supposed to rejoice with other people that receive their blessings. Christian, I don't have to rejoice with the evildoers because I don't want what they have. I want God's miracles and blessing for my life. They may seem like they have more money and have all this power and all this stuff, but what does God say about evildoers in the word? You need to read about that so you know not to idolize that stuff that they have because it's not going to be forever. What does the Bible say about the wealth of the wicked being who? Given to who? Oh, that money is coming. Just believe that when you need what you need and buying up this real estate is available to us. Do you know how much commercial real estate is available right now? It's ready for us. I'm in Seattle, Washington. I don't know if any of you guys knew that, but I'm from Seattle and I moved back here from Georgia a couple years ago um, during COVID. But so much commercial real estate here. It's beyond me. And all these big wigs are buying up stuff. Amazon's buying up stuff downtown. And, you know, you got, we have T-Mobile here. We have everything here. We have Microsoft T-Mobile. Um, if you don't know, Google Fortune 500 companies in Seattle, Washington. But we're an amazing city because there are a lot of businesses are birthed here. We are tech city. So if you look up technology, we're not as, I don't see, I don't see us being as advanced as like China and um, India in some aspects and also like the Asian countries because they're very, they move quicker than we do. 
but we're aligned with them because we have a lot of central Asian culture here in Seattle, Washington. A lot of people come over here. A lot of people from China are coming here and buying real estate. Just look it all up. <laughs> you know, it's going to tell you what's happening here with Asian culture. They come here as central location. A lot of beauty salons are here. Asian. There are a lot of uh, nail shops here. Asian. Um, lots. And it's not even to do with anything of me being stereotypical. It just is what it is because we are like the hub. It's like also where the cartels and stuff come. Um, I say cartels. What do you call the ones? Things that come over on the boats. That. You know, a lot of we get a lot of ex, in, ex, exports, excuse me, import and export here. Seattle, Washington gets that, too. So we have a lot of different um, business aspects that goes on here. Real estate is really great here um, as far as like getting into the business and just, you know, starting a business here that's unique and niche and um, being in technology, starting apps and stuff like that. Seattle is huge for that. So if you ever want to do anything technology center, always look for a software developer here in, from Seattle, <laughs> unless you can find one overseas that's cheaper. You might. Um, but Seattle is really great for that. And so and a lot of people are moving here. I mean, I see California place. I'm leaving California. I've seen Georgia place, Texas. Um, I think I've seen like south or north dakota i'm like who came here delaware i've seen a lot of new plates here and i'm like oh i see y'all transient <laughs> in up in here but seattle is great for new business new entrepreneurship coffee shops if you're somebody that loves coffee that's why i'm thrift stores and coffee shops i've i'm bred here in seattle literally you know starbucks is here of course um not the greatest coffee but people love it because it's convenient and it's they do their drinks the way they want them or whatever but the point is, we are a central location for entrepreneurship and, and birthing. We call, we're called the Emerald City for a reason, you know. And I'm glad I'm born here. I love I love my city. Um, I usually, you know, it's it's a it's a, it's it's a hit or miss with people. You know, it's like ah, oh, it's beautiful. Oh, it's nothing going on there. Well, no, it's not. I would say it's not a lot of black people. We're here. We're just dispersed because of gentrification and because of you know whatever we felt like we needed to do. But um, a lot of people that I've I've known from high school and school, grade school, they've moved to different states too. Most of them actually moved to Georgia. So I would see people, I'm like, hey, from high school, a lot of people move there. So it's a lot of transients coming in and out of Seattle, you know, but it's hub and it's home for me. So I love my city. I know I probably won't be here very long, but um, it's a captured place when you want peace. You know, it's kind of like relax with family, you know, when you'd want to do things really nicely. I don't know. I guess I'm promoting for my city, but um, when you want to get out and see the world and nature and stuff like that, it's good for that. Oregon is right down the street, three hours away. So when you want to do that, it's tax-free shopping. So if you ever come to Seattle, come on down. See about me. See about our city. It's You get great coffee. I wouldn't advise you to go to Starbucks if you come here. Um, Buna Buna Coffee is really great. It's an Ethiopian coffee bar that was opened up a couple years ago. There's two locations. There's so many other. I mean, we have so much. We have so much here. It's, it's a great little city when you want to just get a just want some peace of mind. Bellevue's great. Bellevue, Washington, it's kind of like uppity, upscale, um, but it's nice for shopping and we want to go walk around and get some high-class high eating. It's kind of like if you were going to LA and you were going to sit down and eat and shop in a nice little shopping area in LA, kind of ritzy. It's not like Rodeo Drive or anything, but it's kind of like, oh, okay, you want to get away with your friends, you want to go to a nice spot. Bellevue is it. Downtown Seattle has changed um, a lot of different things happening with homelessness and like the shutting down of buildings because commercial real estate is becoming available because people have had to move out because of COVID. But that means God is moving his people in and kingdom is buying the buildings. Okay. So, but anyway, just wanted to come on and check in, encourage you, love on you because Jesus does love you regardless of how you feel right now and what circumstance you're in. 
and I'm going to pray us out. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for those that listen on the podcast at the season and time that they're in, Lord God. I thank you for just honoring them, Lord. I thank you for having your will be done in their life as it is on earth, as it is in heaven, excuse me, have it done on earth, Father, as it is in heaven, Lord God. I just pray for the protection of everyone that's on here, including myself. I plead the blood of Jesus over every marriage that's represented on here. I plead the blood of Jesus for every woman that's having a child that's pregnant. I thank you, God, that she will give birth with no pain. Father God, I pray for miracle signs and wonders happening for everyone that listens on this podcast, for them being faithful to you, Lord God. Help them to see themselves as you see them in the season, Lord God, and do for them what you said you would do. May that unfair advantage not cause them despair or dis, dis, even disobedience, Lord God, but walk with them. Talk to them daily and reassure them that you are going to come through because you are the God and you do not go back on your word. I thank you, Jesus, for this. And I love you, Lord, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a blessed Sunday.